You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Well, we've already had prayer for those that are facing illness and stuff like that uh, at the beginning of the service, and uh, that was a wonderful time. I'm really looking forward to seeing more healings in 2018. I think it's going to be wonderful. I want you to consider from the depths of your heart what 2017, what did you experience? What did you learn? What has brought the greatest worship of thanksgiving to the Lord that you've experienced in 2017? To be thinking about that. This isn't... uh, a family tradition of going around the supper table and saying, one thing that you're thankful for before we eat, you know, and you got to go around, everybody's got to say something. That's not what I'm doing today. I'm not saying everybody come up with one thing. I really want to give a real, genuine heart, spirit, adoration of thanksgiving to the Lord, acknowledging that we are aware of what he's done in us what he has done for us, what provision he's made, what direction he's given, and, and to be able from the very depths of our being give him an authentic expression of thanksgiving. Okay? So stay ready. You'll get an opportunity to share that. The inbreaking of the kingdom, the kingdom come at Christmas. Well, Christmas has come. Historically, 2,000 years ago, and with the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have the birth of the kingdom. The kingdom of God has come. What does it mean when we say that the kingdom has come? Mm. I've I've just been so thankful that this is becoming more and more clear uh, each year of what the kingdom is. Uh, Just by show of hands, have you learned anything more about the kingdom this year than than what you knew in years gone by? Okay, we got about eight. Good, nine. Yes, I see that hand. Ten, is there another? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I forgot to turn this on. Chris, he'll be all over me. Welcome to the vineyard. (laughs) The inbreaking of the kingdom. The kingdom come at Christmas. Mm. So for us, the the coming, the inbreaking of the kingdom is a dynamic. It's not not that that the kingdom just gradually appeared. But the kingdom came violently. When, when we look at the birth of Jesus, we don't really see that as a violent situation. We see the supernatural conception. Uh, we see, you know, the, the development of the Lord Jesus and everything. But actually, when I, I love this inbreaking because when the kingdom broke into time and space on planet Earth, it was a violent, violent act. Matter of fact, it's so upset 
the principalities and powers that so upset the kingdom of darkness that there's all sorts of destruction that took place. Every male child two years old and younger was put to death in, in Bethlehem. We go through the Christmas and, and we enjoy it and we have the gifts and we enjoy the warmth and the fellowship and, and just the, the, the celebration of, of Jesus. But in the backdrop, Jesus is the king that comes to take back that which belongs to him. And so it's a, it's a horrific... <laughs> It's, a, it's, a, it's an inbreaking. It, there's a piercing and a penetration that comes into this uh, penumbra that, that the evil one has put over the world and over the hearts and minds of men and women. And now the means by which we get to know everything of the king is upon us. So when the kings come, what does he do? Well, he heals. He delivers. He sets captives free. He puts the lonely in families. He provides for the poor and the vulnerable. And he uses us, his church, to model what a loving community is supposed to look like. We're to reflect the loving community of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit the holy community of heaven, we are to represent and reflect that on the earth. Mm. He takes broken hearts and he makes them whole. Amen. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke again to the people and, and said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Wow. When Jesus spoke again, that phrase catches my attention. Why in the world would, would the author put this in? Why would John say, when Jesus spoke again? Well, he's building on what Jesus had said before. Earlier in chapter 8, we've got the woman that's caught in the act of adultery. And they really say that from chapter 7, verse 53, on through uh, 811, that wasn't in the original text, that that was something that was inserted. But be that as it may, the time before that Jesus had addressed the people, that was a story where he's addressing those that are wanting to kill and, and have Jesus be the one that throws the first stone type of thing, as they're trying to set him up. Before that was the last and great day of the feast. When Jesus stood up and said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of him will be streams of living water. Wow. And they're all, the, the, the people during, during that segment of, of Jesus' uh, discourse they're, they're trying to figure out, who is this guy? We know, we know who he is. We know where he came from. 
And Jesus is going from there, yeah, you know me and you know where I came from. But I have not come on my own. I have been sent. I have been sent. And if you recall, that's, that's, that's one of the things that's just really hit my heart this year. I've always known that I was called to the ministry and I was called to the kingdom. I always knew that I answered the call to come to this church and to pastor for the last 13 years. But I never realized I was sent until this year. This year, when I realized that the Lord God had sent me here, it changed something inside of me, shifted. I understand something that I was not aware of prior to. Before I was trying to fulfill a call, now I <laughs> have been sent on a mission. And I know that there's a mission. And Jesus had addressed them on the last and great day of the feast. And he said, <laughs> if you're thirsty, come to me. Because I'll give you. And when they tried to figure it out, they had to realize he was one that was sent. The inbreaking of the kingdom happens because not only was Jesus called to the earth, called to be the Messiah, called to be the Savior, but he was sent by the Father to accomplish the Father's will and his purpose. And so Jesus has come to make known the Father, to let us know that there's, there's so much that we are still unaware of. He's penetrating all the prejudice. He's penetrating all the, the finiteness of our humanity, of our understanding, of our mind. He, he's trying to penetrate uh, the things that we've agreed with that haven't come from heaven, but have come from insecurity, that have come from fear, that have come from this world, come from those that were in places of authority, but misused that authority, places of responsibility who were irresponsible, and as a result, we've got all these things that have to be pierced for us to come to understand the inbreaking of the king who heals and delivers. Mm. All the wonder, all the wonder. When, when, when I just stopped and, and I thought, you know, we really need to give thanks for what the Lord's taught us in 2017. You know, in 2016, we introduced the School of Kingdom Ministry. Ah, the wonderful Fergusons were helping us and leading that. And, and what an encounter we had. What a wonderful thing that we experienced. Then 2017, we went through it again. <clears throat> and and that, was, that was great. Wonderful, just kind of take and refresh and renew, and, and others got to experience it. But now, it's like, oh. It's like whatever, whatever was clouding our awareness, whatever that was, was keeping us from being able to receive the invitation to more, the Lord has done something. The Lord has done something. And I think in part, there's a, there's a deep gratitude in my heart uh, for Linda and, and Barb and the intercessors, Anne and Michelle and those that 
that have met and prayed and, and the breakthrough and a tremendous, tremendous sense of gratitude and thanksgiving to Rick Baumgartner for the morning watch and for faithfully, Wednesday mornings now for years, we've been praying and we've been worshiping and we've just been in the presence of the Lord. There's one thing about getting to know the Lord. It doesn't happen apart from spending time with him. And I think it's one of the hardest things for our culture to understand that we're not wasting time when we're spending time in his presence. That's probably the most productive, fruitful time we'll ever spend. But according to our value system, because we're not producing anything that's visible, we think that it's wasting time. Nothing could be further from the truth. The only way you get to know him is to spend time with him. Spending time with him. There's an invitation that's coming to us for this coming year. He loves us so much, he wants us to know this love. When I think of the things that he's taught me in 2017, he, he's given me an ability to see from his perspective on occasion. I'm praying that this year it expands and I see from his perspective more and more and more. But on, on the occasions that he's allowed me to see things, when I saw lack in my natural vision, when I saw from his perspective, I saw that there was no lack ever. Ever. There's never a lack. There is provision that he has made for us in whatever situation that we find ourselves in. He has made a provision. We have to come before him and to receive it. He's constantly inviting us because he has so much more to give us than what we've experienced. That gets me excited. I'm really looking forward to the new year. I can't wait and imagine but the, the anticipation of the new year is coming out of Thanksgiving for the last year. I don't know how many times that we've heard over and over and over, oh, I hope 2018 is not going to be like 2017. It was so terrible. And, and we bemoan the year that has just passed. And we have this, this Pollyanna hope expectation that the next year, the new year, is just going to be uh, euphoric. And, and, and we get these extremes when, when I'm saying, oh, if we want to have a good new year, we've got to be thankful for the one we've had. It doesn't matter what kind of difficulties we have. The, the reality is you have persevered, you have endured, and you have come through the difficult time. You may still be in the difficult time. It may go into the new year. But you're, you're, you're alive and you are growing, and there are things that strengthen us and prepare us for the, the assignments that is coming in the days ahead. So I, I get excited about that. Jesus spoke to the people again. He said, I am the light of the world. I am. All the, all the Hebrew people, all the Jews realized when he said, I am, that he is claiming deity. He's saying, Yahweh, 
He's saying, I am. That was the name that the Lord revealed to Moses when he was leading his people out of Egypt. Tell them that I am has sent you. And here Jesus says, I am. What is he? He's the light. God is light. These are, these are the themes that John in all his writings have. And so you get the double emphasis of deity. He not only uses the I am, but he, he says he is light. A revelation of who God is. God is light. He is the light of the world. He's, he's not a worldly light. He's a light that has come to the world. He's a light that has come to the darkness. And this is what he says. Whoever follows me. Follows me. One translation I was reading must have been the New King James or the Old King James or some kind of King James. And it says, whosoever. And anytime, you know, if you hear the word whosoever, what, what pops up? Whosoever believeth in me. Mm, John 3.16. And, and so you get this, and it's like, to follow, you have to believe. If you're going to follow the Lord, you have to believe that he is the Lord. And when, you, when we believe in him, then we follow. This is what he tells us. We'll never walk in darkness. Why? Because he's light. If you are following him who is the I am, the light of the world, and you're following him, doesn't matter where you go in the world, guess what? Light is going before you. So you never have to worry about the darkness. You'll never, never be in darkness. Now we picture this oftentimes and we, we get this, you know, this illumination. We've got this, uh, this light that is going before us and so now we can see where we're supposed to walk. Some of us get the little minor thing, you know, the little light on the... Uh, Mike's got all sorts of bicycle paraphernalia to light up the world. He's got enough lumens to light up the east side of Indianapolis, I think, on his, his stuff. And I, I hear about how powerful light can be and that there's different variations of light. But when the Lord is the light of the world and you're following him, you have all the lumens you need. But it's not just about having visibility. It's the absence of darkness. I don't know if, if we ever understood how much darkness has permeated our humanity. It affects the way we think. It affects the way we feel. It affects the way we see. It affects the way we hear. It affects everything of all our senses. And when we follow the Lord, we're following the one who is the light and will never, never be in darkness. I like that. Come, Lord. We want, we want to follow you. It's not like wherever we drag the Lord. No, it's, it's not about us dragging the Lord. It's about us following the Lord. Hmm. 
I'm reading so many good things right now. I got about 6,000 thoughts going through my head because, you know, the passage in John where, where Jesus is saying, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only speak what I hear the Father saying. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to us for us unless we understand that Jesus wasn't bound the way, we sen- the, way, the way we sense that we are. Jesus could see, he could see into the spiritual realm. He could see what the Father was doing. He knew what to do, and he knew what to speak because he could hear the Father speaking. Whether the Father was speaking audibly or whether the Father was just revealing to him what the Word is in that moment. We are in Christ. And as Christ is in us, guess what? We're supposed to have a greater awareness because the light is emanating and we're following the light. As we follow the light, there should be a sense in which we're able to see into the spirit realm more and more. I feel like I'm in kindergarten when it comes to seeing into the spirit realm. I really do. But thank God I'm in kindergarten because I wasn't even aware that I could before this year. I I would get the heart of the Lord, which is a manifestation of seeing in the Spirit, receiving those things. We receive all sorts of stuff from the kingdom, from his presence, but we haven't realized that he's invited us to taste and see. Taste and see. So we, we have an opportunity to see in a realm that many of us, because of our rational worldview, don't even realize it exists. If we can't touch it and scientifically verify it, it's hard for us to give it any validity. But I'm here to say, you are being invited this year, today, this year, to come into an awareness of the spiritual realm of heaven on earth to see what the Father (laughs) desires the prayer that he gave his son to teach the disciples your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven I think many of us this year are going to have experiences where we see into heaven We see how the Father wants things to be set up on the earth. We're going to see how relationships are supposed to function. The day of me, Tarzan, you, Jane, will cease. And we'll see and respect the image of God, both masculine and feminine. The problem is that femininity has been disrespected for so long that we think the way to bring balance is to disrespect masculinity most masculinity has been lost. And I believe this is a year where we're going to be able to see both femininity and masculinity be esteemed and appreciated in a godly way, the way God wants us to see and treat one another. They will never walk in darkness. They will have the light of life. I love this because my... My newest grandbaby's named Life. Zoe. 
This is the light of life. This word for life is not just so life. This is, this is life that's eternal. This is the life that Jesus, the same words used when Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. It's a life in which there's an abundance. There's, there's a, a, just an incredible vitality and uh, animation to that life. It's alive because it's moving and it's full of joy. It's full of, of movement, incredible. So Jesus is God's inbreaking king. Jesus shows us that there's a father in heaven who not only loves us, <laughs> but he is really intent on making us into the kind of person who experiences hope, peace, joy, and love. Our four Advent themes. How do we get there? The process begins with a simple yes. Yes to all that God has for you. Now this can get you in trouble, folks. When you say yes to everything that God has for you, this can mess you up. It ruined my whole ministerial life. When you say, yes, Lord, I want everything that you have for me, I want. You can get blindsided because you don't realize all that he wants for you. Don't worry, it's all good. I wouldn't trade anything of, of what I've experienced in, in, in my in my walk with the Lord for anything. But he has more for us than we realize. We need to say yes to his invitation to all that he has for us. Can I hear a yes? Right yes, yes, yes. Come on. Yeah. And then we need to another great big yes. Mm. to all that God wants to do through you. Here am I, Lord, send Marcus. Now, here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I, Lord, to do the Lord's bidding. What if Mary hesitated? Here am I, Lord, I'm your handmaiden. What do you want to do? Hmm. I think there's going to be a tenacious courage released from heaven to earth upon everyone who is saying yes. Everyone who's saying yes will have the boldness that they've never experienced before. It should be something that increases. Come Easter, we should be in a different place. Come summer, come June, we should be completely in a different place. As we get to Thanksgiving, we probably won't be able to stop giving thanks and praise for all that he's done, all the revelation, because we're saying yes. We're saying yes to the process of the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. Yes to everything that the Lord wants to give us, provide for us, and how he wants to use us. Hmm. Isaiah put it this way in chapter 9. He says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Right on. hmm. 
He is the light of the world. And he lives within us. I love that, how Jesus says, I am the light, I am the light of the world, I am the light, I am the light. And then he turns around and he says, you are the light of the world. And you're thinking, oh, this is going to deal with my Messiah complex. No, no. You are the light of the world because the the Messiah lives in you. It's not because you're something to really... It's not about how hot we are. It's about how wonderful, powerful he is, and he lives within us. Ah. When the inbreaking kingdom has come, light will always displace the darkness. Always. It always does. And it always will. So there's no sin that cannot be forgiven. You just stop to meditate on the power of the blood of Jesus. That will just, one drop of his blood applied to the, your heart will bring a sanctifying cleansing, a purifying that is absolutely unbelievable. But it's true. There's no pain he cannot heal. This is something that I think we really need to get serious in looking at as far as the kingdom. There's a lot of things that we just, we just believe about ourselves that, that, that they're this way and they'll forever be this way. I'm a diabetic. Oh, I am? No, I'm not. I'm a son of God. As long as I find my identity in confessions of I'm a diabetic, I'm giving diabetes permission to reign. Now, I'm not in the name it, claim it, so relax. Sounds a little name it, claim it here. No, 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 no. But I am wanting to say what the Lord says about me. Anything that he says about me, I want to repeat. Anything that he sees about me, and I realize, Lord, I don't know what's going on, if it's a generational thing that's come down because my father was a diabetic and his father was a diabetic and is it some kind of generational curse that needs to be broke or is it that I just eat too much fat foods and like too many desserts and, and you're... You, but when you give him permission to speak into your life, he will speak into your life and he will bring the order that he so desires. I hope we believe that. I hope we believe that. Sometimes we want to have, we want to have a, a healing in a particular area of our, of our body. And we put our faith in faith. And we think as long as we keep saying the right things, it's going to change something. Now there's, there's really good there's, there, there's good wisdom about saying what God's saying about you. There's good wisdom about saying what, what the scripture says. There's, that, that's, that's, that's really, really good stuff. But let's be careful that it's coming out of our relationship and our connection with him and not out of a teaching that we heard somebody give. And so we want to put faith in faith rather than faith in the person the person of the Lord Jesus. 
And that's where our faith stays, in the person of the Lord Jesus. As we do that and we give him permission to make corrections and to bring alignment and to cleanse and to pardon and to uh, show us a new way of seeing and living, I believe he will do that. I'm looking forward to the day of really having an, a fresh anointing out of working through the process and seeing diabetes broken off people. You know, really, really getting to the place where, where we could come up to someone. You know, back, back in Jesus' day, if you had leprosy, you had leprosy. You were a leper. You were identified by your sickness and disease. And you were isolated to another alternate community. We, we kind of do the same thing. And when Jesus came, he had authority over every sickness and disease. And when we read the scriptures and we see that leper was healed, does anybody disbelieve that leprosy could be healed? That Jesus, when he touched some leper, that they were healed? We believe that, right? Yet in our situation... We believe that Jesus will do that for you, but will he do it for me? Will he, will he heal me of the things that I need healed of? I think the answer is yes. I believe the answer is yes. Now we've got to figure out how do we cooperate? How do we line up? How do we get to know him in a way? And it's not get to know him so that we can get out of our predicament. It's get to know him so that we know him. And out of that knowledge comes a revelation of how to break all the curse of sin, sickness, and disease. And not just for yourself, but for others. How to participate in his kingdom. I think this is going to be the greatest year of my life. And I invite you to join it. Make it the greatest year of your life. The greatest year of intimately connecting with the Lord. The greatest year of seeing breakthrough miracles. I'm praying for a year of record opportunities to lead people to Jesus. If you see in the Spirit, then you can see who doesn't know him and where they are in their, in their journey. And to have the wisdom to follow the light as the Holy Spirit leads us with words of wisdom, words of knowledge, words straight from heaven that captures their heart and brings them before a living God to where they can know him too. I think we're going to be burping so many babies, changing diapers around here, big time, big time. Come on, Lord. I love it. No chain he cannot break. No pain he cannot heal. And I believe he's inviting us to be a part of this in-breaking kingdom work in his world. The question is, will we say yes? Will we say yes? So where is the Lord God wanting his kingdom to break in in your life? When you personalize this, what, where is the next cutting edge? Where is the next download that you need in your walking and following the one who is the light? What is it that 
he's after. I guarantee you there's not one person in here that's arrived. We're all still in process. It's not about degrees. It's not about knowledge within our head. It's about knowing and loving. Mm. So, Father, we just invite the Holy Spirit to come now and to, to release the invitation from heaven to earth. Mm. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give everyone a grace to say yes to the inbreaking of the kingdom. Let the light be the one that we follow. And from that, may we, may we experience more of you than we've ever even knew was possible. I pray, Father, that the, that the deception of waiting until we die and go to heaven to experience you fully, I pray, Lord, that that would get nixed today and that we would desire to know you on earth as we will know you in heaven. That we would maximize our opportunity and the grace that you've given to us in all the different expressions of your presence, your anointing, your goodness. And I pray, Lord, that from there you would you would just release even more than we even asked for. You told us that we can't even begin to imagine what you have for us. But Lord, we want to. So I pray, Father, that you would breathe upon that part of our spirit that would so connect with you that we'd be able to, to step into things that we didn't even know were available. And so may this year be an incredible year to the glory and praise of Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.